Boy, she's a pill. Strong feelings about this thing. She probably ain't as fine as she look on TV either. Oh, no, no, she's beautiful. But she's a pill. You don't feel bad about basically sending her ass back to the project with food stamps? No. Broke single white lady? It's not personal. It's business. Yeah. Hey, here's a good-looking guy. I sell cheap books. I do, so sue me. And that, in a nutshell, is the Fox hey. philosophy. That's what you said? Well, yeah, that's not all I said. I said, oh, I can't believe those bastards. I said we were great. I said you could sit and read for hours and no one will bother you. I said we had 150,000 titles. I showed the New York City section. I said we were a goddamn piazza. A place in the city where people could mingle and mix and be. Piazza? I was eloquent. Shit. Piazza. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where we talk about Tom Hanks and his impractical pranks. I'm Kaylee. I'm Ryan. This place is a tomb. I'm going to the nut shop where it's fun. Where it's fun. This week we watched You've Got Mail, the kind of, I don't know, wintry feeling film. It's not holiday specific and neither are we. I think this is on that list of uh, Thanksgiving-ish films. There is a turkey in this film and I can't wait to talk about it, but yes, it is considered a just general holiday film general holiday yeah which i think is kind of nice it's a nora ephron film um she's kind of covering all the bases valentine's day is even in this so (laughs) general like winter holiday film i'm gonna um start by reading the back of the box so we can all get a general idea back that box up i just (laughs) i have to say before i read this box um at, at the top of the vhs it says, and I quote, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan should win the Nobel Peace Prize for chemistry. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's insane. Nice um, try. Nice I love try. that somebody thought they were funny. Yeah. All right. Back of the box. Three back little words. Three rapturous words <laughs> that joe fox tom hanks and kathleen kelly F- meg ryan O X. <laughs> long to hear you've got mail As- long. they long for it <laughs> they long for it it's so rapturous as frothy as a triple latte and as refreshing as a springtime walk you've got mail delivers all the wit charm and warmth you'd expect from a reunion of the stars and director Nora Ephron of Sleepless in Seattle. Why didn't we start with that? Greg Kinnear. Kinnear? Kinnear. Kinnear. Greg Kinnear, Parker Posey, Gene Stapleton, and more talented co-stars add perfect support to this Valentine (laughs) to modern dash to modem dash romance in which superstore book chain magnet hank and cozy children's bookshop owner ryan are anonymous email cyber pals who fall head over laptops 
in love. (laughs) Unaware that they are combative business rivals, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are magic. That's a quote from Joel Siegel of ABC TV. Jonathan Livingston Siegel? No, 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 no. Just Joel. Just Joel. I don't know Joel. Can he fly at the perfect speed? (laughs) No. Okay. No, he can't can't go fast enough. (laughs) He can't. Uh, Final sentence. And it's a magic to be shared when you've got mail. It is a magic to be shared. You will mouth it along with the computer as it tells you. (laughs) And you will uh, just feel that dopamine hit your brain. Mm -hmm. Because you know that you've got something to read now. As soon as you hear... The lifeless voice, Mm -hmm. you've got mail. So if I were to summarize this. Please. um, I have a note that I liked, but um, reading the movie is, is, you know, kind of what just comes to mind. It's all about reading. The whole thing. Reading emails about each other, uh, reading books, everything is reading centric. So uh, no surprises. This is a film you would enjoy. Uh, Let's see. What was my note? Looney Tunes email (laughs) rom-com. I like that. Yeah. It's so silly. Everything about it is so convenient and kind of like campy. Everybody plays a non-realistic person. Everybody's a character in some way. Yeah. We do have like Looney Tunes. Yeah. We have Looney Tunes level maliciousness at some point in the film as well. And I think the whole, the opening sequence is very Looney Tunes-esque. They yeah. don't know that they're seeing each other. It is more like are. that at the beginning, yeah. Right. So you said, of course I like this film. Of course I like this film. Of course. I loved it as a kid. I didn't I didn't know who Nora Ephron was, but this was the first film where I was like, yeah, this was written by a woman. Like I oh, yeah. I just know it. Her voice is in every character practically. It's in everything and it's so Good. She is such a wonderful perspective, but also I think just being a woman writing in the 80s and 90s, that is a unique voice for that time period. So it's refreshing. But of course, I like it. It's about a lady who owns a bookshop, which is just every English major's dream. (laughs) We all want it. And then at the end of it, she becomes a writer herself. She turns into a writer. Yeah. Spoiler alert. She becomes a writer. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my first thought was watching just the credits. Oh, oh, let's, before we get into this. Yeah, yeah. Give me a little background beyond that. Is Or is that just kind of, it's inevitable. I was supposed to like this. No, I, I think it found me because it was supposed to. But sure. it was a film that was on TV a lot um, when I was living. Single. Yeah. In a 90s kind of world. I'm glad I got my girls. Keep your head up. What? Keep your head up. What? That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, we had moved. My family was doing a little bit better financially. So we had cable and this film would just come on a lot. I think it was on like ABC Family or one of those networks. And I just, I liked it. You know, I would spend an afternoon Watching it anytime it actually came on. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was nice. I, I did not connect that this is Tom Hanks. Oh, like, what? No. I, hold up. How do I put this? <laughs> Differently, because I'm, I'm perplexed. I knew this was Tom Hanks. I didn't connect the first like five years of m- me watching this. I didn't connect that Tom Hanks is also the voice of Woody. Uh. Like, 
Our kid is currently going through this well, experience where she's finding out like all the characters that Keegan Michael Key is voiced or yeah. what other things Jack Black is in. <laughs> but uh, Woody just screams all the time. Yeah, kind so. of. I mean, Joe Fox kind of screams all the time. F-O-X. F-O-X. I would ask the question, who is this for? But I know you. You know. So definitely you. I think it's also a film that's romantic, but I am not gonna... I am not attracted to anyone in this film I, I at have, all. I have um, issues with that statement. We, okay. We're going to have to talk through whether this is romantic or not. Oh, I fully agree. But I think this is true with any romance film. I fully agree that this could be a horror film. Oh. Like, this could be a psychological thriller. I... <clears throat> Beyond that, I think it's uh, an exhibit of how weirdos can be out there. In New York, All especially. Out yeah. They are out there. Yeah. X-Files. But I think any romantic film can turn into a horror film pretty quickly with the right music and lighting. You know, like romantic films are so on the cusp of being bad. Yeah. I think they exhibit our most erratic behaviors because you have to add some sort of fantasy to a grounded situation like something that's grounded in reality but there's something it's got to be interesting otherwise why, why would we be watching it something right that's out of the ordinary has to happen and in some ways you know it you got to suspend disbelief or else it's just not interesting it's and it feels true. cheap sometimes i prefer i don't know i don't i was trying to come up with an example why you know it's going to describe what I like as far as romance in film and I'm having a hard time I think it's easier in TV shows you know I think Lillian Marshall in How I Met Your Mother is like the pinnacle of all relationship examples right Cole Drago and Khaleesi Ryan (laughs) I'm not talking about dragons I'm trying to talk about like real life examples. That's a horrifying example, Ryan. Speaking of like romantic situations that can easily just be horror films. I mean, TV just gets it right. No, no, they certainly do not. No, um, Gilmore Girls, I think kind of gets romance in a very realistic way as far as like television goes, right? That was a very confusing sentence. I'm just... I currently have a glass of like vodka and soda with a silly straw. That's the it's evening. It's got you silly. Oh, actually, it's got yeah. me silly. Drinking alcohol through a straw, girl. That's a that's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Fun it's a story. Problem. One of the first times I think, yeah, maybe the second time I ever drank, hmm. I was drinking beer out of a straw. Why? I, I got lit up, dude. It was crazy. Why? Yeah. I had a sippy bottle, like um, one of those jogging sippy bottles. Um, that could fit in an entire bottle of wine. And I didn't trust other people at parties. So I would just fill that fucker up with wine and I would take it to the party with me. Interesting. And I would drink wine out of a sippy bottle. I'm Weird. Dead serious, dude. I wow. don't know why I didn't put anything else in it. Big baby alcohol. Big baby alcohol. <laughs> it's like wine. It's like Woodbridge wine. Woodbridge wine. Yeah. The big bottle. I could have fit the big bottle Oh, I thought you meant like the the region. Um, No, no, no. I'm talking about the, yes, the Woodbridge region of France. (laughs) 
So this film opens up in the best kind of way possible for a film from 1998. It opens... Before we get to that real quick, can I just tell you that seeing the cast uh, as they cut to shots of the city, like I can tell this is the most 90s cast that's ever been assembled. Yeah. (laughs) It's just got everybody that was hot in the 90s and in movies. Uh, It's also... Very easy for me to guess what type of character each person was going to be. Oh, everybody in this is typecasted. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, Right down to Dave Chappelle, who was kind of surprising to see in this film, especially now that I know who he is. I was glad to see they didn't demean him too much. He actually does have some sort of agency and and personality. Uh, He doesn't seem to be super sycophantic to... um, What? Not Craig Kinnear. uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, I... I think he got away with more than what uh, what somebody would normally get away with in this type of role. I think if anybody else played this character, it could have been bad. But Dave Chappelle levels up everything that he's in. He keeps repeating a line at some point. This is just jumping way ahead. But he keeps on saying, she's a cow. Oh, she's a cow. Oh, she could be a cow. She's yeah. definitely a cow. Yeah. Right. He keeps saying that over and over again. But it's Chappelle doing it. And he just... I don't know. He's fantastic. He's very realistic. He, he's not a flamboyant Chappelle. He's very kind of reserved in this yeah. compared to what you would normally see him do. And it that's why cool. I was so shocked to see him. I haven't seen this film in 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and Damn. obviously, I didn't know who Chappelle was when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> so, yeah, the the whole thing opens up with... The internet. The internet. It's like a 3D rendering of New York in block form. Oh, yeah, where they try to lawnmower man us into this movie. I don't care about any of that. I am Mm. more concerned with how we open up on AOL and how much she loves this shit. She loves this. You got mail. She's just so tickled and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing her little shack wiggle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, she waits. It's like she's going to masturbate. Because she waits for her boyfriend to leave. She's checking his status, making sure... It does play like that, He's getting out of the driveway and all this. And then she runs to the computer, which would normally be like, yeah, let me go pleasure. Yeah, Um, load up some porn. Instead, she loads up what I believe Nora Ephron believes is the woman's version of porn, which is like romantic letter writing. Right. Effectively, she has done what I'm saying. But she's just so tickled by AOL mail. Does Nora Ephron know that women can masturbate? Yeah. I assume. Like, because of Sleepless in Seattle, I'd assume. But, like, I get your point here. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be what it it is. I realize, you know, this is a fear that people have that they're being cheated on, at least emotionally or potentially emotionally with somebody online or something. Right. Well, that's always the ultimate question, I think, in any relationship. And it kind of like defines the person. Are you more okay with physical cheating or emotional cheating? Like what would hurt the individual more? And I think that can kind of define a relationship if you let it get too carried away well i mean uh, let's just uh, can we agree that either are bad either are bad yeah yeah but one is definitely worse than the other and and depending on who you are Mm -hmm. right okay and also depending on the nature of the relationship uh yeah I, i guess so but either way i do remember 
actually very little about this film. A lot of this was a surprise to me now that I'm a grown-up um, drinking vodka through a sippy straw. That's right. But I do remember that they were in relationships. And yeah. somehow in my head, I had it fixed that the couples just swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a wife swap situation. They hinted that a little bit too because the other their significant others get along at a party. Yeah, but then they reveal like one, his girlfriend is stupid and, and two, she's a horrible person. Yeah. Tom Hanks' girlfriend. Parker Posey's good at that. Yeah. She's great at that. I was not expecting this. If you had asked me what I expected from this movie, because I have some general idea, had some general idea going in. I knew it was uh, the same cast uh, or leads as Sleepless. Nora Ephron did Sleepless? Yeah. That I didn't know. Oh. I think I knew knew that she did this, though. Yeah. Would not have expected them to have been, like, coupled up as this was happening. If they were lonely people, Sleepless in Seattle, you know, because they're single in that, No. Yeah, have you never seen Sleepless in Seattle? I don't think I have, and that's why I was kind of curious wow. also why we didn't start with that. Okay, interesting. Because this seems um, to be the spiritual successor. Of, I didn't see Sleepless in Seattle until college. So okay. this I would have viewed way earlier. Gotcha. We've got a mummy returns situation here. I'm not going in Nora Ephron order because I really don't know that I would show you Sleepless in Seattle. It's a film you should watch because it's good, but okay. no, I, I don't think it would be on my list. Didn't hit you like that. Yeah, not is like a, this. Is a mummy returns situation that thing where you get toilet paper stuck somewhere after you take a poop? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's where it gets stuck on your foot right? as you're leaving the foot, bathroom. I, I would consider on your butt as well if, if somehow it was in there. Foot or butt, yes. Mommy returns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's when I come home from work and our kid is like, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom, at least 15 times before I've even taken off my shoes. Yeah. The mummy returns. The mummy returns. Yeah. But they are romantic in this film, and I'm surprised you didn't know that going into this. Tom Hankery's and... No, I didn't know that they would be coupled up and still looking for love. Because I find that to be a strange thing to do. Okay. Why the fuck are they emailing random people like this? I think it's because we get to that scene where Meg Ryan has the most bizarre breakup I have ever seen televised where she's like i thought it was incredibly mature it was very mature but it's also like very unrealistic because i thought they were going to make greg kinnear to be a massive dick and he wasn't that cool don't get me wrong but i thought he was going to be like cheating on her and stuff he reminds me a lot of the jazz character in i think you should leave where he's like oh just listing jazz musicians like you don't know who this random person is but frankly this guy's kind of uh, he's very supportive i think he's yeah. Doing a lot of good for her while he's exploiting her for his own good. I think they're working for each other. I think they're exploiting each other. You're talking about when he writes the article. Yeah, but couples aren't exploiting each other. They're working with each other. They're building each other up. It's not an exploitation when you share a life. No, but at the same time, like as an example in our own life, I worked for a music magazine, not Ooh, a large. Past tense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I felt very uncomfortable with the fact that her boyfriend wrote an article in a major publication about her situation in order to help her. It's I not, thought it was great. It's not nepotism, but it's like... 
It slept with autism. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's napped with autism. <laughs> Na- nap with autism. Yeah. Nap with autism. That's what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I, millions of people do. Sure. Every day. I didn't think it was okay, but that's <laughs> that's just my perspective. And it's weird because like Nora Ephron does actually, it did actually write about her life and about people around her and, you know, was published. So I, I would feel like she would know that that's a weird choice. I think it's an opinion thing, man. I think maybe she disagrees. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because I disagree. I thought it was cool. Oh, good. Especially when you're speaking out against what he's speaking out against, which is gentrification and uh, big box stores, muscling out small business. Yeah. Um, You know, he's fighting a bigger fight here and he's exploiting his girlfriend's situation, but he's also helping her. Like he's fighting against her elimination. Yeah. Which I think is right. And it's definitely in the lane of stuff that he writes about. Just because it's self-serving as well doesn't mean that there's not something good about it. Yeah. And it's self-serving for both of them. I think they're both It's mutually beneficial for sure. Yeah. 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 So let's get into it. Then the actual gist of the movie is they're emailing each other, but they don't know it. It's exactly like a Cinderella story, the Hilary Duff film that we watched um, we watched that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> Dear God. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is in it. She's the mom who eats too much salmon. We'll just refer back Whoa. to that episode. How do you I, that, not that remember That sounds this? familiar, but I don't remember Hillary Duff in it. Yeah, Hillary Duff is in it. <laughs> oh, my God. I must have really hated that you movie. You <laughs> did, actually. This is basically the same film. They're like email buddies. Okay. And they know each other in real life, but they don't know it. He is a giant bookstore owner, uh, like a his corporate family, chain. Yeah, his yeah. family is like a publisher and owns bookstores. Or no, something? no, no. His girlfriend works as oh, a that's publisher. Right. That's what yes. It is, yeah. So uh, they're going to put Meg Ryan's family business out of business, and all they do is sell children's books. So it's not even like the wide Meg, range. That's Meg Ryan's store's only thing is kids books yeah and toys i guess but yeah kids books i didn't okay there's a kids store near where we live that is a lot like this it reminds me a lot of this kind of thing where they sell like kids toys but it's mostly books you're right you're right it is like that isn't it like an old-timey children's story it's cute well either way i will say aol did a good job in front-loading all of their income in this era making this movie so they could still exist to this day because otherwise i don't think they'd still be around if not for this film well really though i don't have a lot of experience with aol i would have been like five when this came out so, like, I know the sounds, the startup, all of that. But and AOL was around far before that, long before that. Furthermore, my family um, felt that we shouldn't have AOL on our computer because but it, it was, was owned by an atheist. Who, so, a- atheist online? Atheist online, yeah. So <laughs> That's we what didn't, it is. We had AOL, I think, for like a blip, and then blip. all my friends had it, so I understood what it was. But no, we did not have AOL. I don't know how you avoided AOL. 
Really, though? The discs everywhere. Yeah. Floppies to CDs. They I would mean, get, like, mailed to people. Yeah. At random, they were just, like, half this. Yeah. Please. And then, dude, it was so great because when they were floppies, uh, yeah. you could r- erase them and reuse them. <gasps> really? Yeah. What? So they're just giving so you, you a free floppy. You could, oh, my God. That's genius. <laughs> this is like those brilliant um, musicians on the street who will, like, give out their music on a flash drive. Oh, yeah. Like, you get I a free... I put music on flash drives. Yeah, you get yeah. a free flash drive. Or not flash drives, but uh, floppies. And possibly a major virus, but yeah, possibly free music. Possibly. That's pretty cool. CDs are much safer that way, aren't they? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you get but, a virus. But, 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 but. But. Big ad for AOL. You have the mail. Yeah. That's It's all centered around the enjoying feeling of hearing that and knowing that you've got a new letter or a new communication from uh somebody you're horny for it would be like if a film was just called ding like <laughs> like now now phone to- tones being what they are like yeah. i picture the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's what the this modern version of this would be this is why the film lol does not work the miley cyrus film it's like why would the it title wasn't be? aol it wasn't because it wasn't aol why AOL. would the title be lol <laughs> it's a terrible title for a film um well I, i'm also appalled that it took them so long to u- start using aim oh yeah like they eventually get to instant mes- messaging but like why why so long they seem to really be going back and forth. That would be infuriating for me to do. Maybe this is why they're not around anymore. Maybe. Mm. Is AOL still a thing? Do we yeah. know? Oh, yeah. I have an AOL account. Really? I do. Wow. From way back in the day. Wow. Yeah. I, I use it for a specific purpose. I have a Gmail account that has the number 12 in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm screwed if Gmail ever becomes obsolete. Why is that? Because all my accounts are Gmail. Like I've never had any other kind of oh, email. Oh, not account. even a Hotmail or anything. Nope, not Hotmail, not AOL. Not Yahoo. I thought you had a Yahoo. No, I've never had a Yahoo. Huh? None of that. I have always had Gmail. Goodness. I know. Gmail. Gmail. Guys, we have a Gmail. We email do. Email us there. You can do it. You can do it. We'll be fine with it. Look what you made me view. I like how these characters unfold. Like, Nora Ephron does a really good job of, like, opening up a character. Mm-hmm. The whole Tom Hanks at the fair is so cute to me. <laughs> hey, why? Because the hammer thing. The hammer thing is oh, really stupid. So cool. they have, like, a tiny version of the hammer hitting and the ringing of the bell thing. Well, he's great with the aunt and um Brother. brother. Yeah, he's got two kids that look like his kids, but they're literally his aunt and his brother, which is really crazy. Because <laughs> I have an uncle that's like very close in age. Um, he's not younger than me, and an aunt. Yeah, but they're not younger than me. But we're still pretty close in age. It would be crazy to have, yeah, like what are by all appearances brothers and little brothers and sisters or kids even. I knew a family from the Church of Latter-day Saints that had a similar situation where the uncle was younger than wow. the kids. It was weird. So um, a remarry situation? It may have been. I, I don't fully understand the ins and outs of that family. I don't know that you want to. I don't know that I want to, but uh, yeah, 
the whole line where he's like, we're an all-American family. This is my aunt. And it's like an adorable little girl, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Are they the children of the wicked stepmother? One of them is. The okay. aunt is. The aunt is. But so the they... brother is the current wife's kid. Okay, so I thought Jillian was a stepmother somehow. Because, okay, the aunt is the daughter of his grandfather. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. So, so the, the grandfather and the father both have a habit of marrying much younger women and having kids. Usually nannies. After having kids many years ago. Yeah. What a nightmare. A la my grandfather. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. The fair bit is really cool because he goes to hit the bell with the hammer and he like tosses it behind his back and he's like, oh, where'd it go? It's like... It didn't seem like he did it on purpose. It seemed like he did it on purpose, but that guy should not have been walking there. He There's, almost tripped and died. Yeah, he was not going to die. <laughs> he might have. You don't oh know. Oh, my God. You don't know. But he did trip a little bit. I don't yeah. know if it was intentional or not. <laughs> but it's really cute. We see that he's not a complete miser. He's nice to children. I, yeah, that's true. But the one of the negative things about him early on is that he's all about sayings. He just like has a fucking saying for everything. And it's usually something from the Godfather. But like he's so enamored with sayings. The Godfather bit is so fun. Like people really do be like in the Godfather. And we've experienced this in our podcast, but also like with people finding out that we just now watch the films. I don't know that many people that are super into it like that. I know more people that are into like Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah, like the dude abides. Yeah, is I, a is a serious quote. My uh, circle of friends is way more enamored with that than The Godfather. I, I mean, most people have seen The Godfather, but I don't. I don't yeah. know that they quote it. I think so my circle of friends is way more into Star Wars, and they'll they'll just quote that. Nerds, nerds, <laughs> nerds. I wish I liked Star Wars that much. I really do. The passion, the reverence that people have for it. I wish I liked The Godfather more. But I don't. I thought it was, I thought you liked it. It was good, but I, it was not what everybody said. It was. Yeah, yeah. It didn't I mean, change it was, my I, life. I guess at a time and place, it was. I'm not going to quote it. It's hard because so many things have been influenced by that up until now. So I think it's now... It, it is good to see things sooner than later, I think is the point there. That's the lesson learned. But yeah, it's the Ewok theory. Um, I'm talking about Star Wars a lot right now. But I'm not sure why. You've got mail, but you want to talk about... I do. It's the stars. whole thing that like, if uh, you watch Star Wars as a grown-up, you're not going to like the little teddy bear dudes. But yeah. if you watch it as a kid, you're going to love it, and you'll continue to love it for your whole life. Well, my point was more culturally, so many so many things have been influenced by The Godfather that we have absorbed so much of it already yeah. without actually having seen it. So it's diluted the actual effect of viewing The Godfather, whereas if you had seen it probably in the first five to ten years, would have felt much different. I would have thought it was uh, great. Yeah, the experience would have been... More intense, I think, because uh, we don't have all these other touchstones that, you know, we're familiar with. Yeah. 
Weirdly enough, though, we watched a film that I am pretty sure inspired Stranger Things. Oh, right. And the film was no less exciting. The Gate. The Gate. Watch The Gate. Stephen Dorff. Young Stephen Dorff. And The Gate, too. The Gate also. As well. Yeah. Oh, that one was almost better. I feel like it was better. It's a better, more interesting film. It is rare that you see a, a character in a movie and go, man... That guy's really interesting. That character's really fascinating. I could see more of him. And then the next movie's all about him. Bam. Yeah. They don't do that in Back to the Future. Well, who would be the guy they follow? Biff. You want to follow Biff? <laughs> I do. Uh, at least Biff sticks around for all the movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true, actually. Biff is interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Back to You've Got Mail. <laughs> this film. Oh, my God. <laughs> the re-release, anniversary release of You've Got Mail. That's a quote from Kaylee. Biff is interesting. <laughs> but also, Nobel Peace Prize winning, or Nobel Prize winning for chemistry. <laughs> Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Biff is interesting. The reveals in this film are so spectacular. Everything about this is nice. So they have met, they talk to each other in her bookshop, right? So it's in her comfort area yeah. that he is infiltrating. They talk, they have a good time talking with each other. And then they meet again at a party that I think is like a Thanksgiving so party. So hoity-toity there's, meet there's and a turkey. wealthy people and business owners. Yes. Um, and it is revealed to her who this guy is. Mm-hmm. That reveal is so casual. In the, dude, and in the greatest stupid. way. In the greatest way. She's like chatting it up at the bar or whatever, having a great time. She walks away for like not even three seconds before some guy's like, oh man, I'm surprised you were talking to him. No, he's like, I can't believe or, I can't you believe, were talking. Yeah, yeah I can't believe you were talking Fox. to Joe Fox. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. He called it out immediately. Yeah. Homeboy is trying to stir the pot. I like it. Poke he seems. The bear. Yeah, he seems dramatic. That's nice. She. F- he's off. He's off camera too. There's. It, it's not. It really guy. doesn't show his face. Uh, is at it, all. Do we see any part of him? I no, don't remember I think any part we see him. like a little bit of profile, but we. I don't feel like we ever see full on. They should have gone Charlie Brown. Womp, 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 womp. Womp, 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 womp. What? Yeah. Really? He's Joe Fox. Yeah, that would have been fun actually. <laughs> This, it's already pretty cartoonish. Why not? Let's do it. Sure, sure. Meg Ryan already looks like an anime character. We'll make the whole thing like very cartoony. Yeah, totally. I, I'm realizing her name, Meg Ryan. Megan Ryan. Megan Ryan? Megan Ryan. That's why she goes by Megan, Meg Ryan. Megan Ryan. Megan Ryan. <laughs> it sounds like Megan Ryan. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Kaylee and Lee. That's me. (laughs) Twice. They figure out, I guess, she figures out who he is or finds out. Way. And then his response is to eat all the caviar. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. When you say finds out who he is, like that happens twice, right? (laughs) Yes. She finds out he's Joe Fox, her competitor and big box buyout guy her arch nemesis her, her yeah and once again like in both iterations of them finding out about each other mm-hmm. he is always the one who knows first yes i think that's unfair and kind of dude cruel 
fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. The, the tone of their first meeting, mm-hmm. um, which is right behind you on the screen. I see it. Oh, neat. Is exactly how she should feel about this man forever. Forever. Never change your mind. He scrapes. I don't know what this dish is. It looks like an egg forced into a I wasn't sure bunt. either. Yeah. Um. It looks it's like, like scrambled a, eggs, like packed together. A bunted quiche. <laughs> <laughs> if we had episode titles, this would be titled Bunted Quiche. <laughs> and there's caviar garnish. He's just scooping up all the caviar. Who the fuck wants that, that much caviar? That's insane. And then she calls it what? She calls it... Um, that caviar is garnish. Garnish, garnish. And it's like, when the fuck is caviar garnish? I, I guess you refer to it, but garnish to me is like some cilantro, some fucking leaves, you know, some decorative flower. Uh, it is not yeah. an expensive edible uh, ingredient. Garnish. It's not garnish. We're not putting it on soup. Garnish is not expensive, is it? Usually? No, it's usually like herbs. You know, like right. herbs, that's cheap. It's more decorative than it is like nutritious or flavorful, right? Right. And it's not I meant feel like to add a lot of flavor. Caviar is very flavorful. It's only flavor. I but think. you know what though? Parsley, really fucking flavorful. Yeah, true. But uh, th- that you wouldn't sprinkle a ton of that on there. No. There's a thick ass ring of this stuff. Little now, sprig. let's back up a little bit. We still don't know what the hell this, uh, what is it? What'd you call it? <laughs> Bunted quiche. Bunted quiche. Um, I still don't truly know what that is. I and if feel, it's like some other kind of fish, I will lose my mind. Yeah. But I don't know that this stuff... Oh, you know, it does kind of remind me we put the fake caviar, uh, mm-hmm. the vegan caviar on eggs or tofu, uh, scramble, that kind of thing. It, maybe it's yeah. like that. Maybe it's like an egg thing with some yeah, caviar. Yeah, like lump it in like decorative clusters what is the party fascination with grossly molded foods i don't know it's a very 1960s 70s thing that the 90s still wanted to do for some reason they really want you, you to said like fondue parties and shit like that in the 90s fondue is fun though like have you ever fondued <laughs> oh, fondue is so fondued. fun <laughs> have you fondued before <laughs> oh let me be my child yo yo <laughs> yo our kid yo. is really into ninja turtles <laughs> So she started saying yo Yo. to everything. It's so cute and so obnoxious. (laughs) I love it. I'm talking about caviar still, yes? I don't care. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This party scene is crazy. It's insane. It feels like Nora Ephron was asked, okay, but what kind of dish has caviar as a garnish? And she was just like, fuck it. I don't care. Just make something up. Make it look fancy. Because it's caviar garnish and call it good. And this is what they came up with. Yeah. But pound for pound, I think this is the best scene in the whole movie. Furthermore. This location. Hold, hold though. Because furthermore, she finds out who Fox is, sees him take all this caviar, calls him out for it, scoops it up and puts it back. He puts it back? She puts it back. Scoops it off of his plate and puts it back. For real? Because I thought he still had some because later he's like, oh, did you know caviar was a gar- or garnish or whatever? He's talking to his homegirl. He still has some, but she has put some of it back, at least half. And then immediately after putting caviar back, she goes and carves the turkey. Why is she doing this? Who asked her? It's her time of the month. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't <What>? know. <laughs> I'm just pulling stuff what? out of thin air. You want a reason? I don't know. I don't have a reason. But that's why this film is like Thanksgiving adjacent. She carves a turkey in it. And I think that's why people I mean, you do wacky as. stuff around your time of the month. So No, I do wacky stuff when I'm upset. Like... <laughs> Are you not upset when it's that time? <laughs> tonight, for example, tonight, for example, I wanted to try making mini pumpkin pies. I was several of them. I was angry that I had to do this what? because I make a pumpkin pie every single Thanksgiving. And aside from like the first two years where we were together, it's been great. It's been really good. And now this year, we're going to try mini pumpkin pies. And I'm like, shit, I don't know how to do a mini pumpkin pie. So I did a dress rehearsal, but I knew I was going to have extra pie crust. So I also made vegan pot pie. I thought that was backwards. No. I thought it was the other way around. No, 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 no. When I So then why did you use so little crust for the pies? (laughs) Because I told you the pie crust shrunk. This is why it. That's not okay. No, 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 no. It didn't shrink all the way, but I only put it up. You didn't like put it around the edges all the way up to the top, and then it shrunk all the way down to just below. Not what I'm suggesting here. (laughs) Okay, but you keep saying it (laughs) as if there was a lot more there. There was more there, but not a lot more. No, I only did it like up half the wall of the muffin tin. A larger coaster than the coaster that exists currently. No, it had walls. Oh, it did. It did. It, it went up slightly, like, ever so slightly. Yeah, but like. Because it couldn't have gone up but so much. It had like tart amounts of wall. Tony Hawk would have had no problem getting <laughs> yeah. up this incline. This is how we should rate all pie. <laughs> Can Tony Hawk. Only Tony's going for that one, man. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the slope. Tony would have loved my pot pie. But no, when I announced (laughs) it. (laughs) Don't say it like that. That sounds filthy. When I announced that tonight's dinner was going to be pot pie, yes, the initial goal was to test run mini pumpkin pies. And I was. See where I'm coming from, though? (laughs) You said the opposite of what you were trying to communicate. You actually said. Do you want? We started with pot pies. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I had some extra stuff. So I'm making pumpkin pies as well. It's like, oh, you have extra crust. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, no, I saw you making pumpkin pie. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, I thought you were just making pot pies. Well, I had some extra crust, is what you said. (laughs) (laughs) So in reality, though, you were going to make the pumpkin pies. You used the least amount of crust possible (laughs) to make some pumpkin pies. So then you're like, hey, guess what? I'm going to do (laughs) pot. You want to know the worst part? You want to know the worst part about all of this? I'm feeling it, I think. I feel like I'm currently feeling it. No, you're not. You ready? There there is more pie crust in the fridge. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And what was my only complaint about that amazing pot pie you made? Could have been more crust. Could have been more crust. (laughs) (laughs) Which is insane to me. It was a perfect amount of crust, but that's my. There was one. I think I just had like a weak side, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry my walls were weak. Whoa. It's not what she said. (laughs) On my pot pie that Tony Hawk. We have to stop talking about this because it's now starting to sound like euphemism. And yeah, I, I, I would just get a giggle fit. I'm just trying to say, though. Meg Ryan is doing some bizarre things here 
And I feel like that's one, just fantastic writing. And two, um, confusing choices made by all. But why is that fantastic writing? Because this is how I believe this character would act. She seems driven by emotion, slightly irrational, Mm -hmm. very nostalgic, prone to weird behavior. She's kind of like the OG quirky girl. Yeah. Yes. It is a quirky... Nora Ephron doesn't strike me as the quirky girl, but I think she likes to write the quirky girl. No, but she likes... She likes the godmother of all quirky girls, Diane Keaton. Oh. And this also kind of reads like a Diane Keaton. A young Diane Keaton. Pre-quirky girl situation. Kind of lost in story and- Testing out masculinity and neckties. Oh, man. And big bulky shoes. And slightly varying her outfit day after day. I do that. Just ever so slightly. I do that. It's- Jeans and a t-shirt I and guess that, some yeah. kind of cover. Yeah, that counts. Sometimes right. flannel, sometimes cardigan. Mm. Yeah, always comfy. I feel like Meg oh, Ryan God. goes for comfy. Sure. She wears one dress in this. One I, haircut. One haircut. Movie. Oh my God. Look like a wig at times in this. Yeah, it's extreme. They should make a Final Fantasy game starring Meg Ryan. I like that. She should be in Mortal Kombat. Hear me out. Oh, why? She can use the knife that she carves the turkey with in this film. Hmm. That she starts wielding towards Tom Hanks. Okay. And then her boyfriend comes over and is like, So Tom Hanks is in Mortal Kombat too? No. No, no, no. Just Meg Ryan. Oh. Final girl Meg Ryan. yes. Wielding the turkey knife. I don't think that warrants a Mortal Kombat participation. No, but I mean, it could because her hair just does all the other work. That's more of a Dragon Ball cut. Yeah. So I love the subject line for their email immediately after this awful experience. It's Tom Hanks writing Meg Ryan. Subject line is, in case you were wondering, I'm not perfect. Ooh. Wow. So angsty. We thought we were so poignant on early internets. The internet people, just everything we said was so important. And dramatic. And thoughtful. Like the amount of blogs from the late 90s. Mm, I'm guilty. Dude. Yeah. I mean, not same. I had a Tumblr page at some point. I feel like if we missed the... 90s blog era we hopped on the tumblr train (laughs) it's one or the other tumblr train tumblr train yo so she is talking to this dude and getting like super horny about him and her friend can tell and they're at the shop Mm -hmm. and she (laughs) threatens her friend straight up threatens to stand here until you tell me (laughs) yeah i'm going to stand here until you tell me. What's worse is that's Please her don't. boss. Don't. Don't <laughs> oh, stand no. here. Go sit somewhere <laughs> while I pay you to work here. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here until you tell me about this guy you're horny for. Right. But we get some of the cute writing moments after this. After this horrible. Like, this is where the writing becomes really fun. We start referencing Pride and Prejudice. Oh, really? A lot. Okay. Yeah. Is, is uh, so I have something written down. Go. Valuable. She refers to having a valuable but small life. Ah. Is that 
pre-day in prejudice? A little bit, yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Elizabeth Bennett definitely talks about the importance of small roles in society. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this fits with her. Wow. Character-wise, perfect parallels here. You have Darcy, who's like the wealthy dude, who's not like mogul. He's not trying to take over stuff, but he's a wealthy asshole who comes into a provincial town. That, okay. With no intention to marry. Around the corner. And no intention to let his wealthy best friend marry any of the people in this town. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like the book version of A Country Wife. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I love it. And now that I've actually like read the book, I get the parallels. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. They have like mail correspondence at some point. Um, There's a moment where Mr. Darcy doesn't know that Elizabeth Bennett can like hear him talking about her and he says something really fucked up. Hmm. We kind of have a moment like that in here. It's borrowed writing. Well, sure. uh, yeah. Role reversed, though. Yeah. It's Tom Hanks hearing her be honest about him. And this is based on a book called The Shop Around the Corner. And I'm wondering if the book also contains that parallel or if Nora Ephron was just like, these are basically the same story. Let's mm. just put them together. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. I haven't read that book. So. Interesting. Worth considering. In the email where Tom Hanks is being very dramatic about how he's not perfect, um, Meg Ryan's character asks if she could borrow some of his harshness. Mm -hmm. And then we have the follow-up scene where they're at the grocery store. She's in the cash-only line, and he literally lends his harshness to her in a really fucked-up kind of way. He's like, no, just you have a credit card machine. Use the credit card. I hate this scene. But I think the writing here is superb. We have... The letter or the email where she asked to borrow the harshness. And then we have the reality where she actually gets to do that. I didn't feel like she was that harsh there. She's more harsh with him. No, I mean, she's borrowing his harshness. He comes up and he speaks for her, essentially, in the rudest possible way. Yeah, man. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I can't enjoy that. I can't even say that that's a positive thing because he's such a fucking like it's so entitled to be that ditzy to get in that line and not be aware of it like everything they're both so fucking entitled and i don't like either character that much hmm. she just doesn't seem to be very bright either <laughs> because she picks up on none of like the reality of it all she shouldn't be anywhere near him by the end of this movie he's right. such a fucking asshole he manipulate like the fact that we're emotional at the end was because they're playing somewhere over the rainbow it's not because like this was actually nice he was manipulating her the entire time yeah the step by step every the second he knows who she is oh boy he's got all the control he hides things from her habitually he's just like pushing her around he's playing with her almost yeah, he says that he's not going to go. When they're supposed to meet at the coffee shop, Dave Chappelle goes up, sees that it's her, tells uh, Tom Hanks who it is. And he says, I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to do anything. And Dave Chappelle is like, the fuck? You're going to let her just sit there the whole yeah, night? She's going to stand her up. What does he do? He actually goes in. Right. And does the worst possible thing. 
He isn't honest about it. Instead, he just kind of like tortures her. And says, where's your where's your date? So not only does he stand her up, but he also mocks her about it. Yeah. Like, this is an awful person. That's two hits. Yeah. Now, I said that it was so interesting that they get to know each other twice. But sure. really, it's just Meg Ryan gets to know Tom Hanks twice. She gets to know the best version of him, the mm -hmm. version that she's made up in her head that may or may not be real, but is fueled by the emails that she's getting. And she knows the worst version of him, the reality where he's just this cold-hearted, manipulative... Well, yeah, there's a duality to him, like there is to most people, but... Uh... Like, I made the comment that he's basically split into two people. She's in love with everything that's good about him through AOL. Mm -hmm. And in reality, he's just a fucking asshole. Like, he's not cool. He's um, a rich guy that is taking out small businesses intentionally and, like, mocking the whole process of it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a problem necessarily for him to be a part of a business that is doing this if he's not you know making the decisions and all that but he is making the decisions and he is happy to put the foot on the neck like he wants to smother this he's intentionally using terminology that's specific to her store to promote his new store it's really cutthroat and the mm -hmm. way he empowers her is to say fight 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 don't stop fighting and be cutthroat basically so who is he Really? You know? Because he's not, he doesn't stop being this guy. No. At all. No. He just tries to, he basically makes a case for why she should be with him. That's it. Like, we fell in love so much through these uh, emails, but like, it really is a cautionary tale and not romantic to me. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's how we can fall in love with people's words as opposed to their behavior. I'm just shocked by how much power it gives to men. Yeah. It gives so much power to men. Like Meg Ryan knows that she's not in love with her boyfriend, but it's her boyfriend who breaks up with her. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks has all the the power in that dynamic, in that relationship, yeah. or lack thereof. It's insane. All the men in this film continue to have power. Yes. He puts her out of business. They're using her at every turn too. Both both guys. Yeah. Even though Greg Kinnear's stuff is mutually beneficial, he's still using her. And Tom Hanks can't lose. There's no, no losing situation. If she doesn't like him, so what? He's still rich and he's gotten everything he wanted. And aside oh, from her, yeah. He doesn't have the thing he can't have. Yeah, this affair that he started basically. Like, how can you like this guy? He's in a fucking relationship. Mm -hmm. and talking to you you're in a relationship talking to him this is all starting on a bad note it's all weird yeah it's absolutely all weird the so, i go ahead at the end of the film where she's like i so wanted it to be you i do find it hard to believe when she says that yeah i want i was i was kind of in it tonally and you know emotional about it and mm -hmm. until she said that and i'm like you just ruined it like no really? you did not i think this should be the wake-up moment it shouldn't have been because you never mentioned it to anybody either. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to, you know, for a proper story or film uh, to solidify that as truth, we need to have some hint of it. And there's no way she wanted this to be him or else she would have already like ditched this date the same day while she was with him and said, yeah. you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to make out with you right now. Let's go bone. It's like I want chocolate, but I also want peanut butter. 
And then Reese's, like what? he just becomes the Reese's. There's so many contradictions here. If and and I'll get back to my first one and in major one here, but I also think it's great and thematic and you know kind of masterful uh, for Nora Ephron to have tied into the story. But anyway, she could have just. It, what was she looking for? What would she have been waiting for? She could have had him right then and there. If she wanted it to be him, he was expressing how he felt earlier that day. She could have just said, you know what? I don't need this date. I want to be with you. I do see the possibility of her trying to tie up loose ends. Yeah. I like, mean, yeah. I got to see this date. Through. Like maybe this guy is a billionaire and more attractive and... You know, I, I get the idea that she needed to see that date through first. Yeah, I think it it brings up the whole conundrum of life and socializing and dating and stuff in the first place, which is, you know, it's hard to necessarily know when to commit. The metaphor of, you know, fish in the sea is very apt because we never know, like, when to really fight for it. Yeah. Like, when is it really worth it to fight for this? Um, am I taking too big of a risk? And because she had something right there in front of her and she was willing to pass that up for something greater, potentially mm -hmm. in her mind. Mm -hmm. But like, you run the risk of losing that. Yeah. Even though, but that's why I don't like it. I wanted it to be <laughs> you. Like, you, you wanted it. Like, it's right there. This is, it drives me nuts. It, when people do this shit in real life, it drives me nuts. It's like, if you really think you're into it, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. stay in that lane. Like, you, you, especially when you know you can have it. But yeah, and it's been well communicated yes. at this point. Directly communicated, like a lot of romantic buildup even. Now, I fully disagree with her being with him because he's been manipulative throughout this whole thing. He but, knew the whole time. Yeah, but she didn't know that. And I think- That's like, so fucked. Imagine they, they start a podcast and they start talking about movies that they grew up with and they really love and they want to share with their partner. And they start talking about their relationship and she starts to put it together. Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, I like, think she's when does going it come up? to. Yeah, when does it come up? And when does she like burn up over this? Because it is worthy of some sort. It's dubious. Like it, it it's God. devious, dubious. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't understand why you would want to be with somebody that would be that manipulative. It's like our favorite film, Passengers. Passengers. <laughs> Passengers. Okay. Now, for yeah. that one has that catch of, you know, she would have just died. She never. She would not have had the life that um, she was expecting. She to may have. not have just died because then the captain would have woken up and like could have, you know, like she didn't. Know, we don't know that for sure. Oh, that's true. The captain. We don't would have totally up. know that. But this is a. That's for a different episode. Yeah. We could talk about passengers every day. Every day. <laughs> it's our life. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, I don't think I could get over the master manipulation. Yeah, it would come up eventually, and it would be rough. And the fact that he destroyed her deceased mother's business. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about the irony of the her of the idea that she is so forward thinking and embracing internet email and internet communication which her current boyfriend is constantly criticizing he's so enamored with old tech and thinks that you know this is the this is the end of humanity the internet which in some ways he was correct but um <laughs> uh she's so she's so forward thinking there mm -hmm. yet she can't see the wave of modern commerce coming 
She right? can. She's stuck in the past when it comes to the business she's running, but she's so forward thinking, you know, with the technology. But in reality, it's all she needs to embrace it all, right? She can, but she is powerless to do anything about it. Like how she sees the chain of commerce coming. She, she sees could have negotiated to get a buyout. She she could have waved the flag and said, you know what, I'm going to make the most of this. Uh, because she did relinquish the store eventually anyway. But she, she could have negotiated for a buyout. Closed it. She wasn't right. going to let this corporation buy out what? Buy out what? They don't want that tiny store. I think they were willing to. Well, no, I guess they were just kind of yeah. muscling her out, weren't they? Yeah. They don't need to buy her yeah, out. Why would they? That's true. Huh. I think that's kind of a nice element of the story, right? The thing she's playing here, the, the duality and the, the kind of contradictions inherent to people. Because most people do have some contradictions. So I think that was one that's more symbolic. And I appreciate it in the storytelling. Mm -hmm. The bookstore, after it's all cleared out, is truly amazing. Oh the oh the like bookshelves and stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I, was... I remember just being in love with this set as a kid, and it's nice that I still feel that way. I th I noticed that as well. I thought they were really nice. But I was equally as enamored by this like mega borders. Oh, that looked great too. It was so oh, the coffee nice. shop did not, but everything else yeah. looked great. Yeah, I mean the coffee shop looked like how a coffee shop looks. <laughs> it looked like um, Gremlins too, like the mall they have, <laughs> like something out of there. But I will say when. I was a little kid watching this film. Like I had a couple of the books that they show in mm -hmm. the children's bookstore. Yeah. And that was so cool to me. Like I was able to connect. Oh my gosh, we have this book and we have this book. Yeah. And it's because by the time I got them at like, uh, I don't know, eight to 10, they were secondhand books. That would have been popular books in 1998 when they were originally published. I didn't have any of the books that they were showing around in this like very fancy borders. I thought that was interesting. They really don't focus on the books in that space. Well, that's because he sold cheap books, right? Uh, he just So it's all sold, Mad Libs and... But, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's books like, about olive oil. It's like choose your own adventure books. And yeah. Shit. Like, it's discount books. Yeah. <laughs> It's all scholastic book fair shit in this <laughs> massive border style thing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean, the way that they film the bookstore versus the way they film like the book superstore, mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. It really stood out to me during this viewing. Yeah, it was like Harry Potter versus superstore. The What? visually oh visually the okay 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 the way I they shoot you. it and angles and lighting and stuff. i thought of like harry potter movies versus the show superstore that's what i was saying and yeah, i was same. not i was yeah, not i was sure. saying that but the techniques you know or the the actual visual visual vi the, <laughs> the what visual style yes um of them anyway this that's pretty much the film. We kind of get to the end and Brinkley is off leash for some goddamn reason. Brinkley. Also, his name is Brinkley. It's a weird name. It leads up to a really cool we did reveal. We did come up with the greatest dog name. We're not going to say it right now, but we came up with the greatest dog name. Are today. we saying it at the end We're of the episode? Saying, nope. We're mm -hmm. not saying it at all. We're nope. just going to like leave we'll that We'll reveal little... it when we get that dog. So oh. keep listening. We're getting a dog. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know if that's tomorrow or 10 years from now. But it's tomorrow. Nope. It, it's 
it's okay, tomorrow. I know it's not tomorrow. There's a big Bengals game tomorrow, so it's not happening. <laughs> so we're getting a big Bengal dog. Do those exist? Stripey dogs exist. Stripey dogs. Stripey dogs. Bengaled dogs. Bengaled dogs. <laughs> yeah. Can I have a bengaled dog? <laughs> One bengaled dog, please. Please. Dog, please. Dog. It's a cool reveal, though. Brinkley is off leash, and that's bad. But she gets to see him before he sees her. And that's brilliant. Again. That's really cool. Manipulation, man. It's He's manipulation city. But, god damn, this film is well written. It is in certain aspects, I would agree. It's better than like if Hallmark did this, you know? Yeah, it it's difficult. I think they were really trying to recreate something like Sleepless in Seattle, too. I think there's yes. a strong effort to use the chemistry that existed there and kind of modernize it by using email. Yeah, I think the book came out in like the 1920s or 30s. So it's probably like OG mail. It wasn't called You've Got Post? No. Or You've Got Delivery? <laughs> you have missive? What, what would they say? Messenger? Or something, I don't know. Telegram. Telegram. No, I think, well, maybe telegrams, yeah. Telegrams are around, yeah. You've got telegram. You've got telegrams. Hey, there's something here for you, ain't it? <laughs> Why, why is anybody British? Everybody from the olden days is British. Why? But not like good British, like terrible American accent version of British. Asshole British. Asshole British. <laughs> All right. So Ryan, in this kind of Thanksgiving-ish film, what is your highlight? When he picks up his brother <laughs> by the jacket. Yeah. It was awesome, dude. And then he picked him up again. <laughs> and just like treating this kid like he is nothing. Potatoes. <laughs> just like, oh, I want to talk to you. Get your face up here. And just like <laughs> picks him up. Um, yeah, I thought that was wonderful. It's very I manhandled cute. the child. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very cute. Hysterical. Um, I want Tom Hanks to pick me up by the jacket. That sounds... He had, yeah, he had a lot of Tom fun. Hanks moments. You know, he can be a fun dude. Makes you wonder how Chad happened. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Nepotism. Nepo. It's okay. bad for us all. My low light is 100% when the family is singing. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they were trying to sing or, or if you could even call it singing for that matter. But it was one of the most cringeworthy white things that I've ever experienced and made me ashamed of my heritage. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, hard to live with that one. Yeah. I Don't recommend watching this for that reason. For that? Oh, wow. Just that? Just skip it. Like the second you see mm -hmm. people singing. No, no, no. Like, it's the Annie bit. You got to see the Annie bit though, because it's important for the story. Really? The little girl. So I need to see another thing the aunt, to understand this thing? No, 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 no. The scene that happens right before the white people singing. Okay. Uh, the aunt, the little aunt girl is singing oh. Annie. Yes. And the stepmom is trying to feel up Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah. And then she gets all embarrassed because he's like, no, no, no. And then he calls Maureen the nanny, who she runs off with later to go and sit there. Oh. Yeah. The stepmom. Oh, yeah. Runs off with the nanny. Oh, wow. he calls over to sit there. I so never got that. Yeah, that he yeah. she ran off with the nanny. I knew that she left the dad, but I didn't realize she ran off with the nanny. Like I remember them like 
joining a wait cult a minute because didn't the uh, okay mm-hmm. so his dad all of his partners are going gay no because the, no what? back up a little bit when what? the mom drops off the kids his ex uh his, the aunt's mom or wait what oh that's that's the grandfather's ex jesus christ no that's the nanny that she runs off with later wait a okay minute. when they drop the kids off at there's a woman there with the lady that drops the kids off at the boat yes who's that the nanny that and she is... runs off with her yes those two run off yes yes and then yes the other lady that is the mom of the boy the brother runs off with the nanny there no oh i thought that's what you're saying no excuse me no no, no. um tom hanks's dad always runs off with the nanny so now somebody else ran off with the nanny and it's ironic oh Oh, (laughs) that's why they kept saying things are ironic because i didn't feel like it was very much like alanis morissette that they didn't know what irony was right there's no rain in this film didn't understand what was so ironic to these white men we need rain to understand that it's ironic backing up their whiteness had nothing to do with their lack of uh understanding or proper use of irony (laughs) they just happened to be white yes um two totally separate issues true all right girl what you got for a highlight for this movie that you haven't seen in 20 years I like All right everybody I'm happy for you I'm gonna let you finish But this video is the greatest of all time The greatest of all time Drug Girl you know it's true girl yeah you know it's true we just watched the 1988 i believe hit song from millie vanilli oh girl you know it's true this is millie vanilli yeah i did i was pretty certain that you didn't know hardly anything about them i don't had you even heard this song no (laughs) (laughs) never all right so now we have to watch like all the millie vanilli videos but there's also some uh new content out there uh, like a documentary or something about them so i'm glad i got in before we started watching that because i definitely want to watch that I want to watch it, but just because I don't know anything about it. I don't know who they are. I don't know. I know yeah. they're Scandal. Okay, that's, that was going to yeah. be my question. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to talk about the video, but yeah, you know, what is this? what do you know about them? They were lip syncing at a concert? Yes. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like, mean, like, that's so, like, that Ashley like, girl, Simpson. You know is girl, you know is girl, you know is girl. Oh, you know. no. I think, I think it did something like that. But either way, it was obvious that they were lip syncing to a track. And it's so funny. We we're I, I think we were all talking, uh, I was talking uh, to my mom about this. And it, it's so common now to use yeah. backing tracks and things. And so common, not even 10 years after that incident, uh, to where, you know, you have like, every pop star in the sun doing this and then you have an ashley simpson pickup uh, it's a similar thing though she yeah. i mean she basically got booed off for the same thing but that was during like the tail end of the authentic last era of authenticity oh um, yeah. where grunge was still kind of a thing and not super a thing but there was still hard rock music being played and selling out was still a pretty bad thing yeah man 
that that's the tail end. I, that was almost a transition period, if you think about it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I always think of uh, very appropriate for the time period, for, for the season. I think of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm. None of those people are singing live. Sure. And haven't been since I was a kid. Yeah. For this type of music, I don't see why it matters either. Now, I think the major part of this that is, you know, people remember that they were lip syncing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they recorded these vocals either. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Oh, so that's not them singing. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I've had this theory about the Spice Girls for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot confirm that, but I also just want to put that out into the universe just for fun. This is my, um, people have a lot of weird- You don't think cons- the Spice Girls were singing? I don't think any of them can sing. Um, what? Because they're like a a, a formed you. band, you know, they auditioned to be in this band, well, more so or less. One Direction did the same thing. Well, yeah, yeah. And you know Harry Styles can I sing. I know Harry Styles can sing, but I also think that it's because we expect that now. And I don't know that we necessarily did in the I don't the know that all those guys 90s. can sing that well, but... No, yeah. no, probably not, but... That's the nature of a boy band. You're not going to have, like lead five lead singers they can't all be jt excuse me they can't all be bobby b (laughs) some of them have to be lance bass but this is my one conspiracy theory y'all can keep all the other ones i don't care i don't think that the spice girls can actually sing we well we're certain that some of them can't for every mj there's a tito and a jermaine yeah (laughs) Um, forever beyonce there's a michelle but then a jackson uh, janet pops up and then it's like well, yeah. yeah and it's like yeah janet we're getting yes. lost this yes. music video was massive this yeah. fucking song the album was massive their jackets are massive it is a very strange thing to look at now especially the dances the little like that they do the snare and he's stomping with it that's really cute and um the like shimmy i I remember doing all these dances i was gonna say i pictured a young you dancing in the living room totally yeah cutting up the rug girl the jacket shape not the color but just the shape is power lines i was gonna say this is probably inspirational for power really fucking cool for me Mm -hmm. i love it it's so triangular yeah. For no reason. They are just big triangles. Like, why were we just into crunk in the 80s? Like, massive shoulders, teeny tiny waist. Yeah, it was so... It, everything was about shapes. Like, uh, Schwarzenegger is kind of like that. It, like, just massive shoulders, itty bitty waist. But, like, the backgrounds are stark, and then you have these big, bold shapes in front of a stark background, right? Yeah, I'm thinking of the Devo music video that's like all very the style or very um yeah just modern think about like jewelry in 88 and like patterns it's all triangles squiggles circles intermingling yeah this is where we get this is where we get uh chuck e cheese carpet where it's like you know what i'm talking about though like the squiggle the square and the circle or the the like white um disposable cup with the blue and pink design on it you know what I'm yes talking about? yeah where it's like watercolor almost yeah, I, forget. I don't why why don't i know the name of that that shit know. is everywhere especially in like late 2000s online um 
forums. Dixie cup. Yeah, it's like a Dixie cup. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a sweater. Oh, dude. Speaking of like Dixie that, cups, what? I just got a massive flashback of like the little Dixie cup things that people used to have on their cupboards. Yes. And you'd refill them. Yeah. And they had they do like Charlie Brown or you know just different characters yeah. on them and shit. Damn. Dinosaurs. There yeah. was one that had like cartoon dinosaurs. Dog, I haven't thought about that in ages. Yes, they were just like in houses. My uh, uh, aunt Vaughn and Tom had that. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. My rich friends had it. Damn. We did not have the Dixie cups. We should have had the Dixie cups, dude. Think about that. If you just bought fucking disposable cups for your house right now. Yeah. It's so wasteful. I know. That's insane to think about. It's like, no wonder we don't do that anymore. But God, that was yeah. a thing. People did that for like mouthwash. Girl, you know it's true. Or like rinsing after yes. brushing. Yep. Yeah. Most There was like there. a little, and it would always be like fish oriented mm-hmm. somehow. A spring-loaded cup dispenser thing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. We were so high tech, but so that, wasteful. That and those like, um, you know, the little plastic egg looking things, you'd un- you'd kind of like unscrew the top of it a little bit and it had like the big thick jelly scent thing in it. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. The like, they're not air fresheners. They're air... Weren't they? Stankifiers. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not freshening anything. They're it's just like they're putting out scent. But they dried up. So it was, it was almost like they were absorbing the stank. I thought that it was just like... Why did they entering disappear? the air? It's just what entering was it? the I air. I gotta look that shit up. I don't know, but I know exactly what you're. It's like a weird cone thing, and you unlock it, <laughs> you twist it. We've discovered the purpose of Millie Vanilli videos, <laughs> nostalgia trips. Yeah, you will now hallucinate all kinds of fucking crazy memories from you know your youth and childhood oh uh, after you watch a Millie Vanilli video. Go try it. A final thing. Final thing. Yeah. We, at some point, had one of those bubble ring jump games in the bathroom. squeeze thing. And I would sit on the toilet Mm -hmm. and I would just play that ring game. That was before phones, yeah. I think it was Sonic. I think it was a Sonic-themed thing and it was like the little rings. It had to be like a Happy Meal toy or something. Somebody find this for me. I need one somehow. For the toilet? For the toilet. Excellent. Yes. Uh, highlights of this video. Highlights, the way it makes me feel. The way you make me feel. I love the dance moves. They're like, uh, 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 finger pointing. The way you turn Which you is a power line move. Yeah, okay. I need to go through and watch all their we're, videos. We're gonna do that. So I can determine how much of this is power line. There are at least two more that I would I would watch for this show. I would oh, interrupt okay. Okay, your movies we'll with, yes. We'll wait. We'll do that. Yeah, I uh, like the way it makes me feel. Cool, low light. Uh, it's hard to say exactly. I, I don't really have a specific low light. I really don't. I liked this in general. I thought it was fun. I thought the plot was a little confusing. So <laughs> if, if I have anything to say, it's just, lack of plot but i don't need a plot in a music video i come from the oh. early 2000s mm-hmm. where it was just like a band singing in an abandoned cabin for some reason and yeah. then the walls start moving or something right okay and that's more it. performance oriented stuff yeah. very performance oriented i got you, I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah 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 well well i would say my highlight is i man the dance moves fuck i forgot how just crazy cool well not they're not cool at all they're fucking hilarious and they're fun to do and watch people do so i'm entertained by them but specifically the little (laughs) just 
tapping along with the snare. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, just brought me right back. Uh, low light would be, yeah, I, the story, the, whatever they're doing with the footage where they're both with the girl holding her hand in the market, I not comfortable know. with any of that. Especially when it's these two guys. They're just kind of weird to well, me. They're, hold up, hold up. Are they brothers? In real life, no. Okay, then they're just polyamorous. I'm into that. That's fine. Sure. Not but, personally, but like, cool. But it kind of looks like two predators are... <laughs> And I mean like the predator. The predator. Yeah. With their masks off. There's no weird clicking noises. No, but they're singing. Because that's... Do the predators it's like when, It's like you don't have a stutter when you sing, you know? Do you the predators cl- The predators, sing. when they sing, they don't do the click. They actually oh, just man. have nice voices. Everybody needs to look up <laughs> Megan Washington like right now. But yes. Is she a predator? No, no, no. Oh. Um, Megan Washington is a an Australian musician who has a stutter but when she sings she doesn't have a stutter lovely it's very interesting yeah that's wonderful um good ted talk i'm using that word a lot today wonderful yeah <laughs> millie vanilli millith vanillith yes i did not care for that it made me a little uncomfortable cool. that these two are like girl you know it's true ooh, 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 i love you you can't both be on this like this i think you just need to open up your mind to other people being polyamorous not you yourself he's all Meg. one of them steals people. the girl though Nuh-uh. You that you didn't get that part of the story? No, I didn't. No, I didn't get that part of this very confusing Vanilli story. is like looking all around. Vanilli. Oh my <laughs> it's god. like looking all around like where'd they go at some point? Do they go by that? No. It's, no? I, 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 fuck, I can't remember their names. Um, I had it at the, when we started talking about this too. It's like Fab and something. That's amazing. Yeah, one of them is Fab. I can't remember the other one. But yeah, I'll call it, just call it a million Vanilli. Yeah, the, the one dude just looking around like where'd they go? And then you see that the one other guy has her in the room alone and they're making out. I'm trying to think of other duos from this era where that could work. And the only ones that I came up with were like... Tenacious D. Who's Tenacious? Who's D? They need to recreate this video right the fuck now. Dude, that's amazing. Tenacious D. And I love that. Covers this song, recreates this video. That would be amazing. But my only answer to this was Chuck D and Flava Flav. Oh. One's public, one's enemy. Okay. There you go. That would be really weird, though. I feel like Chuck D is enemy. I mean, Flav I feel like Chuck D is enemy. (laughs) Okay. And Flav of Flav is public. I feel like it could work. For sure. It could Uh, work. Flav just did the national anthem, which is really weird. I haven't seen the footage yet. Well, he... It's a weird move. His explanation was he was honoring his relatives that were in the military. That's cool. But, you know, do what you're going to do. Flav is crazy. But um, apparently it's a interesting performance too i haven't seen it yet flave acts crazy well, i'm gonna i'm just gonna put it like that he I knows think. the time still it's all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all uh speaking of the time i think we get an extra hour tonight yeah Boom. so we're gonna use that hour uh to listen to morris day to uh basically make this podcast out of nowhere yeah. this we didn't actually have to do this yeah it was a free hour yeah neat so now oh, look at us oh, I all love right it. guys back okay. to the movie Drug. So my favorite part is when they're walking the same routes that they always walk, but now they know each other. That's kind of magical to me because it's like living in a city and being on Tinder, right? Like everybody is an opportunity to meet somebody new until you do meet them at a very awkward Tinder date. And it goes badly. Yeah, when it's 
set up and not organic. Yeah. And then you have to continue to live in that city. And yeah, you live so close. And now all of a sudden you recognize them. You could have been walking the same routes, going to the same restaurants that whole entire time. But now you recognize them. And it sticks out in your head. And you've had conversations with the intention of possibly dating each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just all kinds of problematic and bad for everybody involved. Yeah. This could have gotten ugly. It could have gotten really weird. But yeah, no, I just, I really like that element. I just had to duck. Um, I went to our local coffee shop and I had to duck to avoid someone I knew in high school. So like I relate strongly to this. I think it's a fun representation. It was still like campy and silly and adorable, but uh, it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. As real as it isn't. To be real. There's a lot of unreal shit. I always wonder how many times you and I have come across each other without knowing it. Oh, you could stop there. Like, how many times were we at our local coffee shop at the same time? Never. But didn't know each other yet. Didn't happen. We would have been more likely to be at, like, the mall or something. Ew, the mall. Well, I did work at a centralized guitar store in a mall. That's what I'm saying. I was more likely to have been through that bitch. Yeah. I probably sold you (laughs) strings at some point. Maybe. Maybe. That is very possible. See, that's what I'm saying. That's more realistic, yeah. All right, Lure Lights. Lure Lights. Thank you. I don't like the character Birdie at all. Birdie. Which one is that? Makes me mad. Birdie is the old lady that works at the bookshop. Oh, That Edith. runs the books. Yes. Yeah. I like the actor. Sure. She's I, the aunt. I don't like the, the character. The, she, n- the actual age appropriate aunt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She falls in love with a fascist. At some point, I didn't get that. He was saying that, but I didn't. I didn't know what the evidence of that was. Um, she had a picture of her in Spain, uh-huh. and then she was like, "Yeah, I fell in love with this guy, and he was this, this, and this." Oh, so and it wasn't a current thing. No, no, no. Uh, but like, definitely, she fell in love. It with was a definitely <laughs> during like I'm guessing it would have had to have been like what the 1930s, right? Like the 1920s or 30s. Okay, when this young woman would have been. <laughs> In love with a fascist in Spain. Oh, boy. That's fascinating. I don't love it. Also, she got rich. She's totally fine if the Mm -hmm. bookshop closes. Yeah, she can support this girl. Belonged to her best friend because she invested in Intel when it was $6. The question is, how how much of it did she buy? Apparently a lot. Apparently a whole lot. Because she's fine, even though her deceased friend's bookstore closed. What does that have to do with her? I don't like Birdie. She does the bookkeeping for it, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but she's fine because she invested in Intel. It's so bizarre. How bizarre? Everything has to relate back to technology in some kind of way and how it like benefits and harms us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a lot of play with um, what's inevitable what's coming the changes that are inevitable versus um what's better about the past yeah so it's like yeah there's something great about this new technology because it got these people together but they wouldn't have normally gotten together without it yeah because of their aversions to like or their predilection like she 
really wanted to keep this going. That was thought that was going to be the rest of her life. This man is hell bent on outselling all other stores in the area. Yeah. That's how it was going to play out. They were never going to get together it is without what it is. AOL. Yes. Yeah. Which makes me wonder how it happens in the book. If you happen to know how it happens in the book, you can email us or you can send us a DMs on the Instagrams. You've got a message. We want to know. Well, That'd I wish cool. we had a lovely little voice that told us we had messages from our audience. Yeah. But we don't. We are in modern times and we've outgrown those things, apparently. We don't have startup noises anymore. When I start up my laptop, does it go, wah, like Apple laptops used mm-hmm. to go? Laptops. No. no. Why aren't they aptops? Why aren't they aptops? God damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's iTops. <laughs> I learned something today that you could do on a PS5, which is turn off the beep that it makes when you turn it on. Oh, it never bothered me. I learned that you can turn the beeps off of the microwave. I wouldn't want to do that either. I wouldn't want to do that. That seems because I seems will like part forget. of the yeah part of the deal. Yeah. I want to know when my PS Five is actually on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to uh, know when my food is actually hot. Yes. Yeah. That would be nice. Or uh, further than that, I'd like to know when the microwave is not working on anymore. Yeah. Because if it's not on, then I can take the food out. When you start up your recording computer, though, I can hear it in the kitchen. Really? It's like, whoop, and it like all comes on. It just sounds like, it's not like startup music, but like your computer has to work a lot. So it goes, whoop, and it's like startup engine sounds. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. It is a little bit. I know when you're doing stuff. So that's if I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. It is cool. But no, startup noises. They're gone. You open Instagram, no startup sound. And no confirmation I got email other than, you know, the mountain of email and promotional yeah. bullshit that pops up in your in your Gmail. Yes. Yeah. We do get the dings. We get the dings and the boops now. There's dings? Yeah. Email? Oh, I, yeah, I, just, I thought that was a thing of the past. No, I mean, like, if you get a notification on your I, phone. I turn that shit off. It's like, ding. Yeah, I turn all that shit off. But it's not, you've got mail. Yeah. You know what? That's the ultimate bummer. Ryan, would you ever watch this film again? Would you maybe, I don't know, run away? Or would you make this bitch famous? I, okay. I will concede. I'll compromise and say I will watch Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, (laughs) Which I think is very much like this, but hopefully not enough like this. Yeah. I didn't understand this. I it made me like kind of angry that the Nora Ephron element is there and the enjoyable part of her voice is there, but not as often as I wanted it to be. And it just felt like a lot of this is contrived and built around the idea of you email and people can fall in love like this now. Um, and the characters, I mean, you know me, if I, if I don't like any of the characters, I'm probably not going to like the movie. I found it very difficult to like anybody in this movie. Hmm. Uh, how, who okay. are you supposed to really like her? I guess, uh, McGann, Ryan. Um, yeah. I can't like Tom Hanks. Uh, I actually liked, um, what's the guy, the guy that worked in the bookstore. He was cool. Steve Zahn. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. We love Steve Zahn. He's very cool. I didn't dislike Greg Kinnear. Hmm. I didn't. I thought no. you referred to their conversation, the frankness and honesty of it. Like, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So, no, I, I can't watch this again. <laughs> That's fair. That's very I, fair. I liked people we weren't necessarily supposed to like. They weren't present even <laughs> that much. <laughs> yeah. And that was 
That's it. I don't know. Steve Zahn's character is kind of, he's a very passive, like, background If character. he didn't exist, it wouldn't have mattered. Really, though? Yeah. He was nothing. Yeah. And he I did a, a good job, but his If this film was done anything. in, like, 2003 to 2010, he would have been, like, the gay best friend. Potentially. Yeah. I think earlier they would have made him a more nerdy, uh, grosser Like actual character. Steve Zahn. Um like like a young Dax Shepard. Yes. Like like Dax Shepard uh in the um idiocracy era. Yes, I think they could play Leave me alone, Baton. <laughs> similar roles. Yeah. 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 But he's a book nerd yeah. and super likable but not imperative to the story in any way not really no okay so then i only have one question left hey ryan what we watching next what we watching next you better get ready i'm about to light this damn damn show we just got over halloween you're gonna love this shit you're absolutely gonna love this shit Hmm. we are going to watch and i'm not sure if you know anything about this but a near and dear film to me as I was exposed to it in seventh grade choir class or chorus. Yeah, right. Is that what they call it? Choir <laughs> class. Choir. Sure. Miss um, Hankerson blessed me with the knowledge of The Wiz, which stars Michael Jackson <laughs> and Diana Ross. And it's basically the Black Wizard of Oz. I love this. I know what it is. You're going to love it. I know what it is, but I've never seen it. All right. We're going to do it. I'm very excited. We've n- you've never shown me. I'm guessing it's a musical. It's a musical. Oh, okay. That's right. Choir class, musical. We're doing this. You've, I never thought I'd get a musical from you. Like I want to start singing the songs right now, but I'm I don't want to spoil so excited. anything. excited. Yeah. Oh, I, my I'm, God. I've been waiting on this one. Who and plays the wizard? Like, I need to dumb. know... I want to watch this. I'm I'm Get very ready. pumped. So our, our uh, Thanksgiving special is going. Well, actually, I don't know. We might do another one, but yeah, this will come out around or that will come out around Thanksgiving. I think it'll be a nice little thing to put these tunes in your head while you're cooking your food and watching your football. Yeah, I, I just remember the songs being amazing, and I think you're gonna love it. Cool. Yeah, I think Wizard of Oz is kind of harvesty. Yes. There's a scarecrow in it. That's right. Yeah, dude, I am pumped. Cornucopia of uh, lovely music (laughs) and dancing. And, you know, it's basically the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Look at you. Was there something Wizard of Oz related in this movie? Uh, Yeah, Somewhere Over the Rainbow plays. Thank you. Or, yeah, yeah, at the end. Excuse me. So, yeah, the connection here being that. I remember like being in the movie and be like, oh shit, yeah, that's going to be perfect for the next movie because I planned on showing you this anyway. Oh, okay. And then that happening was like, oh, perfect bridge into uh, The Wiz. Good times. Yeah. Very Everything's good times. coming together. We're done watching scary shit. That's all I really care about. <laughs> and I'm so excited to move into the holidays. I think we're about to find a good flow here. Um, lots of good movies coming up, so... Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will speak at you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. You have endings. Bye. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing.